Clayton. John Clayton. This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. We're talking football with the professor, John Clayton. You guys know the drill. If you have a question for John, you can text your question in right now to 206-421-3776. That's 421-ESPN. We'll get to your questions uh, toward before we let them go for the day. Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. Look at that. little club remix. How about that? John Clayton. Who's, whose voice was that? I didn't recognize who that, who that was. <laughs> Mine. Yes, oh, listen to that. Perfect. Mine. Are you, you're in a good mood now, huh? Oh, I've been in a good mood since late last night. What, 9.30 <laughs> last night? But but it's not personal. Uh, so no. what, 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 <laughs> That's hilarious. What do, you, what do you make of this, John, in that I think we were all on the same page. He's done at the end of the year. It was yeah. becoming clearer and clearer. But the fact that this took place in the middle of the night in mm-hmm. – you know, Shad Khan felt some urgency to get this done now with a, a team with nothing on the line, two wins. They're not going anywhere. You got four games left. It's a rarity that most coaches, as bad as they are, will make it to the end of the season. But I guess kicking the kicker was the final straw. Yeah, no doubt about it. When he kicked uh, Josh Lambeau, and then the words that he used. I mean, when he comes, you know, he calls him a, a dip bleep, and then uh, you know starts <laughs> cussing him out, saying he's going to make some bleeping uh, field goals. And then, you know, or, or, or Josh says to him, it's like, hey, don't kick me again. And he says, hey, I'm the head man. I'll kick you any time I want to kick you, adding more swear words. And yeah, that, was, was that, really... was a, that was enough. And so it's like, and then, of course, he's talked to the assistant coaches who, you know, they all <laughs> were told that they were losers. Now we find out that, uh, you know, uh, Urban ends up saying, I had a better staff when I was at Bowling Green. Which, of course, oh, <laughs> that's amazing. And then, of course, you know, the players all saying they, he didn't treat anybody like an adult. He treated them like they were a teenager. And so it's really bad. What, what well, happens? It, sorry, David, just quick follow on that. What, what happens yeah. with his contract? Because he, he signed a, mm-hmm. a pretty, pretty fat contract. So does this, is this some sort of, uh, is there a conduct <laughs> clause that they can get out of owing him money? Or do you know how that works? They might be able to because, again, it was a five-year, $70 million contract. 12 million a year and so with that uh you know he has the incident where he was in cincinnati stayed there for a night and then of course had to dance with the uh, the girl in the bar that didn't go over very well and then of course you have all the uh, you know the different things as far as you know having all the, the mistakes as far as coaching and all those different things i mean i think he's going to be able to keep his money but also it's like uh he certainly couldn't keep his job because it was too much. And now maybe kicking a player, because again, I think, you know, maybe you can get away with it in college, but in the NFL, if you kick a player, I mean, you're kicking a union guy. And so because of that, you know, they might be able to you know, avoid some things there. But uh, no, I think it's, it was, you know, again, you know, from the very beginning, I thought this was going to go the way this was. Now it turns out to be worse than what I thought it was. Because again, I mean, he, doesn't know the NFL. He doesn't know how to treat uh, adults because he's used to treating teenagers. <laughs> and he was a big boss trying to uh, push people around. Yeah, just a guy who is totally out of touch, it mm-hmm. seems, John. I mean, in any other industry, anywhere. And, know, and again, I mean, when you look at it, I mean, he was, of all, the, there's like 
And I'm not including Jim Harbaugh. I'm not even including Nick Saban because Saban did coach in the NFL. But uh, you know what I'm looking at is that since 2000, there were nine coaches who are pure guys that came out of college. And the only two that have winning records were uh, Chip Kelly and now you can say Cliff Kingsbury. That's it. I mean, Matt Rule's 5-8, and eight, but everybody else. And again, he was the worst hire because, I mean, you can look at Bobby Petrino and how bad he was <laughs> in his 2007 season going in 3-10. and 10, Players end up hating him, and he ended up leaving for Arkansas. Uh, and then you look at Urban Meyer. I mean, he was 2-11 and 11, and even worse, and that's the worst record of pretty much any of the uh, college coaches who came in with no NFL experience. Yeah, and you know, mentioning Kingsbury, it's it's a credit to him that you yeah. don't even think of him as a college coach anymore, right? No. I mean, he's just, he, he's a professional. The other thing it brings into focus, though, John, is that how bad is that organization? The Jacksonville Jaguars, we were talking about mm-hmm. it, uh, Bob and I, earlier, of when they went to the AFC Championship game. That wasn't that long ago. No. 2017, and I remember when that team was so good. That was the last round when the Seahawks played the, the AFC South. We went down to Jacksonville, and that was a team that was just full of ballers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they played well together. But, I mean, he to take it from, from that point to where it is now, I don't – it's got to be the worst franchise in the NFL right now. Well, Houston. And I'm talking about Houston, New York Jets, Bob's Detroit, Detroit included. Bob's Detroit Lions, yeah. You, mm-hmm. you think that you think that's worse than than Jacksonville? <laughs> that you got your coach well, the, 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 out there the, the, who you had to fire because he was kicking the players? Well, the uh, the one Man. thing is with Jacksonville, I mean, you can say certainly over longevity I mean, it would have to be Jacksonville because, you know, that season you're talking about when they went to the AFC Championship, beat Pittsburgh in the playoff game, is the, is the one where he, uh, you know, <laughs> that was like the only winning season they had in more than a decade. Yeah. yeah. So what do you, what do you think with uh, Daryl Bevel in charge? Does he, does he get a win in the um, final four games? Or is, he, is it just is it at this point too far gone, they don't have the talent? Or is he going to maybe they rally around him for a game or two? Well, I mean, I think what they play Houston this week, so there's a chance for a win there because Houston's so bad. But against against better teams, they're not going to win. <laughs> they're not good enough. I mean, they weren't good enough, period, uh, in the 11 losses that they had. So, I mean, they did have a couple surprise wins, but in the end, no, they're, they're pretty bad. <laughs> but they can maybe beat Houston. Boy, can you imagine poor Daryl Bevel having to put up with Urban Meyer? I mean, Daryl mm-hmm. Bevel, you know this, John, one of the nicest guys in the oh, NFL. Yeah. And having to put up with that crap. Holy smokes. Yeah, what, what about Brian Schottenheimer, too? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I, I wonder how all the former CEO, you know, Carlos Hyde's there, uh-huh. Shaq Griffin's there, you know, the, it's just... Uh, Nick Sorensen's there, the yeah. coach. After, after being in this atmosphere with, you know, with this front office and how they were treated yeah. here and then going there and experiencing that, the, the office guys and the players, they, they got to be going, man, what did I do? Well, like Shaq Griffin came yeah. out today and it's like, hey, we, we need somebody that's not just a one... It can't be just a one-person operation. Which is that's what Urban Meyer made it. He was the he was the main guy, and he didn't care about anybody else. And so, you know, Shaq's saying, "Hey, let's you know, let's kind of spread it around a little bit as far as uh, you know where where we are as far as you know coaches, players, and everything else." I think you know the two leading candidates for the job. Uh, I think number one is Byron Leftwich out of Tampa, <laughs> and number two is probably Joshy Boy McDaniel's. What about Joshy Boy? And the enemy should be in there too. 
I agreed. Well, it wasn't Todd Bowles. Yeah, Jim, too, Jim, right? Jim Caldwell. Yeah, yeah. My goodness. Yeah. I know. Anyway, well, uh, John, uh, let's get to uh, Seahawks. Bad mm-hmm. news with uh, you know with Tyler Lockett and and Alex Collins. But a- anything new as far as the the COVID update that goes uh, into this game on Sunday with the Rams and the Seahawks? Well, Rams still have sixteen players that are out. And they're contacting the league to see if there's anything that they can do. But, uh, you know, the one thing that happened today, which is totally confusing, is totally different than anything that, uh, you know, <laughs> we've seen before. But And, of course, the players are not happy about it because, you know, what they were worried about is that the NFL would do something for competitive reasons and not safety reasons. And so what the NFL did today is they said, okay, so here's what we're going to do. Uh, if you've got a positive test and you're asymptomatic, you can maybe be back in a day or two if your you know, viral level is below a certain point, you know, whether it's like 60 or 58 or something like that. And if that's the case, uh, you don't even necessarily have to take a test. And the players don't like that because they want to be tested every day. And that's why you know, the fact that they weren't, I think, allowed this spread to happen. But uh, you know, now, that, <laughs> and, it, and it's going to be totally confusing because now here it is. We don't know day to day who's going to be in and who's going to be out. So what what is going to happen with the games this weekend? I saw Baker Mayfield and a bunch of the Browns are apparently very unhappy with how things are going and feel like the game should be postponed. And mm-hmm. he, he went on a little Twitter rant, you know, tagging the NFL like, hey, you you basically saying all you care about is money. You don't worry about anybody's safety. What you think we're going to see games pushed or what? What's it feels like the numbers are, are really skyrocketing quickly. So what what do you think happens? Well, I mean, again, all you can do is like on a Saturday game, maybe move it to Monday. That's about it, because again, there's no wiggle room. I mean, once you get past week 18, you start the playoffs. So it's not like last year where you had a 17 week season, and you know I don't think they're going to delay things because again, the one difference this year from last year is that you have players that I mean, fans in the stands. And so, you know, they've already bought their tickets. You know, they already made flight arrangements if they're coming from out of town. And so I don't necessarily think that you're going to see that kind of change. And so it's like, and again, I, I agree with the players. I think right now the players, uh, the NFL is kind of being wrong on this because, again, it's like, hey, they're more interested in getting the players uh, on the field, which, of course, is a nice thing. But also what damage can, it be, can be done? Because, again, you still have COVID positive tests. And by the way, because like Washington now has 21, Cleveland has 20, including their top two quarterbacks. Miami is missing their top four running running backs. You know, you've got uh, Chicago with 12, Rams with 16. Wow! And the Seahawks just the two, just the two, just yeah. Alex Collins. And now again, I mean, if if Tyler Lockett is uh, asymptomatic, he might be able to be back if they can activate him by Saturday. Okay. Hey, John, uh, just based on the trajectory of his career, which really hasn't been much to go on, Mm -hmm. uh, but based on, we talked to Rashad Penny today, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I just find him to be a a really good, thoughtful guy. Now, does that translate into him being a good football player? We'll see. But based on, you know, everything that's gone on, what do you expect from him this weekend? Well, I expect him to be a good neighbor, which he is. That's that's one thing that's real positive. (laughs) Besides that. What does a good neighbor do, John? What's that? Doesn't let his dog poop on your lawn. Pretty much, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, any waves, any to, other thing? Waves to when he, you know, waves take, uh, taking okay. his walk and stuff like that. That's a good. So neighbor. that's a good one. Okay. But again, I think that 
and particularly knowing that you know that right now the Rams' defense is totally damaged by COVID-19, he has a chance to have another good game. That's the thing I find <coughs> amazing is the standpoint. I was looking at the odds, and uh, this is now this is before the Tyler Lockett and Alex Collins thing. You know, the uh, the Rams entered the week favored by five to seven points. Uh, as of yesterday, uh, the, the Seahawks were favored by five points, particularly with the 16 guys on the COVID list. And so it's like uh, anything can happen, but also we just don't know who's in and who's out. And again, we just it's like, how, how are we ever going to know the viral level of the player to see if he can come back or not within a day or two? Again, if you guys have questions for John, you can text those in. 206-421-3776. That's 421 ESPN, powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Uh, so as far as the games this weekend, John, mm-hmm. a couple of Saturday games, which I love. Dave and I were talking about last season where, you know, we had games that were pushed to different days. And, yeah, the reasons why stinks. You don't want it to be because of a pandemic. But, man, right. I, I loved having football in a week where it felt like almost every night there was a game because they were being moved around but in in terms of the games coming up this saturday what what are you thinking because it's hard to tell who's going to play who's not but you you've, you've got the browns obviously scheduled to mm-hmm. take on the raiders and you've got colts and patriots are an interesting matchup and, and maybe i'm buying into the uh into the uh, hard knocks series that's going on with the colts right now it just makes you feel like you know them you start mm-hmm. rooting for them how do, how do you think they stack up at home against the Patriots team who's red hot right now? I think they stack up well because, again, I mean, Carson Wentz, I think, was the best acquisition in a trade of a veteran quarterback. I mean, without doubt, he was the best. And then you look at their offensive line, which is really good. Their defense is really good. As Dave Wyman always brings up, you know, they're among the best right now in uh, the turnover ratio. And so you throw all that together, and the fact that they're home, that gives them a decent chance. Have you been watching the the in season Colts? Uh, I, thing, John? I well, I taped the last two. I just haven't yeah. watched them, so it's like yeah. uh, it's I'll a great. Them. I mean, it's, it is. It's, it's what great... you'd expect. It's just like the preseason ones, except you know you're you're seeing them react to what mm-hmm. what just happened in the game that week and the injuries <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Watching film, like mm-hmm. getting treated. It, they they do a great job with it. I think they it's really great. do. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it's like it's interesting to take a team like the Colts, who were a playoff team last year, because normally they're going to take a team that's been out of the playoffs for a couple of years that, <laughs> you know, doesn't have a new coach. And so now well, to get a yeah. good team like that with Frank Reich as coach, I thought that was great. Yeah, and they started off kind of rough, mm-hmm. the Indianapolis Colts did. So, yeah, it's interesting. Um, I saw this came from NASA Chobe. I don't I don't know where uh, where he got this, but. Uh, he said that Bill Belichick said on the record that the Patriots will scan all the episodes for useful information. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not surprising. Such a Bill Belichick thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, because I, I remember even when you were watching the uh, the preseason version of Hard Knocks, I mean, you can pick up things uh, on a team that weren't out there. I mean, that's something that was, you know, real, that was, I think, evident because, again, you know, they let you know who the good undrafted free agents were. They let you know how the rookies were doing, all those different things. And so you can anticipate, particularly like on some of the undrafted free agents in the preseason, who who was going to make it and who was not. Yeah. yeah. Hey, John, I saw a uh, an article last night, you know, saying, you know, Chris Carson's feeling, you know, very positive mm-hmm. about the season coming up, feeling good and all that. But it seems like you couldn't go in, and I know we're looking ahead right now, but it feels like you can't go in with the idea, yep, he's going to be 100%. He'll be our number one back. We're going to be fine. Do you see them making a concerted effort outside of, you know, and I don't know, I don't think Penny will be back, but 
in, in terms of bolstering the the running back room, which has been problematic the past couple of years, where we feel like you know they've come down to the bare bare essentials, where they got to go out and, and find you know Marshawn Lynch and Robert Turbin and bring yeah. them back. Yeah, I would have to think that you know whether it's in the draft because again that second and third round picks I think are going to be offensive, <laughs> whether it's going to be an offensive tackle or a running back. But I think those are going to be the two main areas. And also, it doesn't rule out the chance to bring in a veteran or something like that. I mean, what do they have? Like you know, fifty-five million dollars of cap room, and that doesn't count the thirteen million dollars that they still have this year that they can roll over to next year. I just hope they spend some of it on Quandre Diggs. Yeah, well, this year it sure has, sure has had a good good season. They'd have hey, to, right? There's no way they would let him leave. No, they can yeah. franchise him if necessary. Yeah. What What's the franchise number, by the way, for a free safety? Uh, I you know I, with a two hundred eight point two cap, I haven't figured it out yet. Oh. It, it'll be pretty high. All right. Um, John two five three asking if you had to cast an MVP vote at this point. Um, you know. It, Every year, it seems like you you kind of keep a, a running mm-hmm. total. Where are you at with uh, with MVP? I'm right still now? going with Tom Brady, because you know with his touchdown passes, <laughs> throwing for maybe five thousand yards, uh, and then being on a Tampa Bay Buccaneer team, I still think he has the edge. Yeah. How about uh, next? You know, couple, two, three. Who else is? Well, in the I next mean, year? Kyler Murray, I think, is going to be up there. Certainly, Aaron Rodgers. Then uh, mm-hmm. I think you know you have to. So, uh, those are, I think, some of the main guys there. But again, there's a lot of quarterbacks, and then of course, you know, rising quickly is Cooper Cup, who's going to set a record probably for receptions and yards. Was that uh, was that uh, Demarco Farr yesterday, Bob? That was talking about uh, how Aaron he thinks the Packers are the best team, and he was talking yeah. about Aaron Rodgers and how he will like stare down Jalen Ramsey and guys like that, and talking yeah. about how badass Aaron Rodgers is. Yeah, that's him. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he's he's different. I mean, again, uh, he's he challenges you. He, uh, you know, sometimes goes against the coaches and all that stuff. I mean, he does what he does. But again, he's very, very good. Hey, John, w- were the Bills fools gold? I mean, are they are they back to being, uh, you know, a team that they've got talent, but they underachieve? I mean, you just look at what they've done. They've mm-hmm. lost three of their last four, two in a row, or you can go deeper than that four of their last six. What do, what do you make of what's happening with Buffalo? Well, again, they're, they're struggling, particularly on offense, because they throw the ball too much. And so it's like, and you know, now you got Josh Allen. He hasn't practiced the last couple of days. He's banged up with a in- leg injury. And, uh, you know, defensively, they haven't played as well as they normally do. But still, that's a good football team. And right now, I mean, <laughs> with all the COVID and stuff like that, you can't figure out which team is going to be there and what team is not going to be there week to week. Hey, John, we were talking earlier, and I know that uh, Quandry Diggs talked about this, Pete Carroll as well, about the yards yeah. and how defensively giving up yards. Um, you know, I, I would push back a little bit on that because if you look at 2012, Bob and I talked about this, 12, 13, 14, 15, they were number one in scoring, you know, the defense uh, scoring. They gave up 15, 14, 15. But during that same period of time, they were number four in total yards. Uh, in 2012, number one in 13 and 14, and number two in 2015. I mean, I, the yards, they you're not getting off the field. Mm-hmm. It totally takes the uh, time of possession out of whack. I mean, you know, it just they're not playing together. I mean, there's been this big push to all of a sudden, oh, yards aren't a big deal. Uh, I think they still are. Yeah, but again. What the- about you? 
They, uh, yeah, you know, and Pete Carroll isn't as worried about that as long as one he gets the wins and two he gets the uh, fewest points allowed. And right now they're giving up like twenty point two points a game, which is very good. <laughs> and that's I think you know because again what ends up happening is that if you have a lead and the quarterback you know starts to throw throw throw, he's going to get the yards. And so it, I mean certainly you'd like to be able to cut down into yards. You want to make sure you get the turnovers. Those they're so important. But overall, the 22.2 points a game, I think right now, is one of the most important things. Have you ever ever seen uh, something more out of whack? Because they're 32nd in yards. Yeah. Like They're giving up like 400 yards. Mm-hmm. And like you said, they're number five in the NFL in points allowed. I'm not sure I've seen that. Well, again, you go back a couple of years ago with the New Orleans Saints. I mean, you know, they were setting almost uh, NFL historical records for yards given up. But again, they kept winning. And so because of that, I don't think they were as worried about it. Hmm. I wonder if they were having people crying about the defense being tired and being left on the field because that's what we hear a lot of when it comes to this, John. Oh, defense, what do you expect? To, yeah. They gave up a touchdown. They're tired. I'm like, well, okay, well, then don't give up nine-and-a-half-minute drives. Yeah, like, but, of course, I mean, if you were like they were for about six weeks where it's like, uh, you know, you're out there – and all of a sudden, you're losing the possession time and everything else. And the other team, you know, has you know uh, uh, twice the amount of offensive plays, twice the amount of possession time as the Seahawks offense. Then eventually, it's going to catch up to you in the fourth quarter. And we watched that for several weeks. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, the defense yeah. opening the game, John, opening the game, giving up nine and a half minute yeah. drives. That's almost a whole quarter of mm-hmm. possession time. So this is not strictly an offensive problem, I guess, is my point. But either way, John, we'll talk tomorrow. Okay. There you go. There's the professor. Uh, If you guys missed any of today's cold, hard facts brought to you by Coors Light, you can download the podcast at 710sports.com. All right, coming up, uh, the Urban Meyer disaster might have served as a lesson for the Seahawks team. We'll tell you what we're talking about next. It's Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.